Hola, soy Miguel Matos Gonzalez, and welcome to the Firme Podcast, right here, brought to you from El Istwa, Spokane, Washington. That's right. We're going to be talking about being Chicano, Latino, Latina, Latinx in the Pacific Northwest. Kind of what it's like being an artist of color, a person of color in a white-centered community. But before we get into that talk, just kind of to introduce myself a little more, I'm going to kind of tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from. Uh, I was born in San Antonio, Texas, from parents that were, I guess you could say, uh, they were, in terms of their identity, it was quite twisted. <laughs> not, not to be mean or anything, but it was. Because as children, they were beaten in a public school, mind you, if they spoke Spanish. And they were forced to kind of assimilate, to speak more English. And they were taught to lose their Spanish and only accept and speak English. And then, in growing up like that, you know, my my mother, she grew up on the west side of San Anto and the Alazana Apache Courts, where it was her, her mom, her dad, and a younger brother. He died due to an illness, and so her dad, he took off, started another family. It was just my mom and her grand, my grandmother that um, it was just the two of them. And my mom's only real outlet was art, was drawing, and eventually painting. She went to register for art school as she got older, and was told, "No, no, we, you know, um, first of all, you're woman, and second, you're Mexican." And you're not you. We can't allow you to attend our school. Sorry. So, you know, have, after experiencing that, she put away art, and eventually to come back to it just for herself, as her own, as her own method of of expressing herself. And everything she's ever painted since has been just just for her, just for family, for friends. You know, just just for her. And kind of like my dad when he was born it was he, his mom and his dad and uh, unfortunately his father died in a construction accident and um, his mom remarried and the guy that she remarried they, they had another child you know together and well at that point the, the guy didn't want anything to do with my dad he didn't like my dad he would beat my dad so my dad said yeah I'm out and when he was 12 years old he ran away lived on the streets and he took care of himself he um, would shine shoes for money sold papers you know did things like that and um, <laughs> he would he would stand outside the San Antonio Golf Club, the, the, the 
hoity-toity, bougie-bougie, uh, you know, community club for the rich people in almost Basin, and he would sell golf balls to the rich guys coming in to play golf and do business out on the golf course, and um, he, you know, that's what he did to make some money, and then when these guys would play their bad game of golf, and, you know, they'd lose their golf balls out there, my dad would go in there in the middle of the night, he'd break in, <laughs> he'd find all these golf balls, he'd clean them up, and then he'd put them back in the box, and he'd sell them the next day to those same guys that were coming back to play golf again. So, you know, my dad learned how to take care of himself in the real world when he was a kid. And then eventually he had some money and he, he left San Antonio. He left the streets and he got on a train and he went around the country. He went up north. He went, you know, he went to southeast states. He went around to, to learn more and he grew up and eventually enlisted in the army. And after he spent some time in, in Korea, he came home and, you know, went back to his mom to learn that his stepfather had died of an illness and that he had these brothers and sisters that he didn't even know. They didn't know how to receive him, so he tried and they tried. And I mean, just imagine that's all of a sudden, you know, got a family. And um, one day he went to Brackenridge Park, which is this really big and beautiful park next to the zoo in, in north central San Antonio. And he <laughs> he saw this this pretty grown girl and he you know he was just captivated and he fell in love with her and he wanted to talk with her because he was so shy that he would just sit there by the river because the San Antonio River went through the park so he would sit there with a stick and pretend to fish so that he would try and think of a way to talk to this this girl that he's just like ah, I don't know what to say I don't know what to do oh what's changed did this for days, you know? Days, man. And, well, you know, the girl was my mom, and she worked there serving ice cream and, and, and black cows and root beer floats and stuff with her cousin, Virgie. And Virgie's like, you know, this dude, he's been coming here every day for like three weeks or something. I'm gonna go chase him off. So, she goes out there, and she's telling him stuff. She's like, Hey, fool, why are you here? What do you want? And he's like, but I just, I'm not, you know, bothering you. I'm not trying, I'm not trying to, you know, cause any problem. I'm not doing anything. And she's like, no, no, you're here every day and you're looking at us and you're creeping. And yeah, get out of here, fool, or I'm calling the cops. And he's like, no, don't, please don't. Okay, here's the for real. I like her. But I don't know how to go talk to her. I'm, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I just don't know what to say. Can you talk to her for me? <laughs> Nobody, fool. Talk to her, you damn self. She turned around and she said, Rebecca, come talk to this fool so we can get out of here. 
going on break. <laughs> so my mom walked over there and she sat down next to him and they were just talking. And, you know, the ice was broken and they hit it off. Two years later, they were married. And my dad said, you know, you'll, you'll never have to work again. I'm going to take care of you. I give you my word. I will take care of you from here on out. And you know, to this day, they've been married over 50 years. And he's kept that promise to my mom. Yeah. And so, you know, they, they got married. And they had, they had their family. They had four kids. They had Betty Ann, Ray Jr., Barbara Jean, and Frank Anthony. And then, about ten years later, I come along when my dad comes back from Vietnam because he was a, a reservist and a guardsman, so he still got on orders. And, uh, yeah, I was Miguel. <laughs> not Mike, not Michael, Miguel. And, you know, it's interesting how within the time that they were together that they eventually embraced their Chicanoism and everything that they were were taught they said you know we are who we are and you know there's no trying to deny that so yeah that's that's where I come from I come from San Antonio Texas and I'm from a Chicano family that started out pobre on the west side San Felipe and uh, yeah now I'm up here in the Pacific Northwest and we'll talk more about that what brings me up here and what I'm doing up here uh, later on but uh, but yeah just I wanted to throw out a quick first episode just to, to kind of introduce myself and let you know what's going on where I'm coming from and um, go ahead and, and subscribe and visit because there's a lot more to the story <laughs> okay so yeah we'll be talking again soon until then don't forget where you come from and be who you feel you should be all right bueno <laughs>